Tonight's sermon is still in the Gospel of Mark, and we titled this series, Who Is This Man? Because we're not only learning to become amazed with Jesus, but to get to know him better than we ever have before. And what Mark, the apostle, writes about is the miracles of Jesus. So we've seen how he cast a demon out in the synagogue. We've seen him multiply the loaves and fishes. He went walking on the water, and he calmed the seas when the disciples were afraid. But tonight, we're going to look at a man by the name of Bartimaeus. Say that with me. Some people call him blind Bartimaeus. That's how they identify him. But he's not blind anymore. He was healed by Jesus. But what he did and what happened in that situation, I'm going to share with you tonight so that you become familiar with it. And I'll show you the correlations between where Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, was at and where you and I are at. It's in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. So throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. He's blind. What do you want me to do for you? He's blind. What do you think he wants? So we have to figure out why did Jesus say, what do you want me to do for you? <clears throat> when you come to Jesus and you run down everything going on in your situation, he's going to ask you, well, what do you want me to do? Now, if it was me, the way I am, I always go, well, duh. But <laughs> that's not what we would do at the Lord. But the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. Sir, our first point tonight is a blind man sitting by the roadside begging. Could it get any worse, a blind man begging? What? An improbable situation. Not only are you blind, but you have to beg for a living. I myself can see myself being this way before I met Jesus. I was blind to the truth about who he is as a son of God, but then I didn't need to beg because I'm not a pauper. I could have accepted Jesus Christ back then and been wealthy. But you think you have it rough. In those days, there was a lot of people that begged, and they counted on people being generous and giving them what they would give them as coins. Then with that, they have to find whatever they need. The day began like any other day for blind Bartimaeus waking up. He shook the straw from his shabby torn garments. He stretched, got to his feet, and he began tapping his way along to the familiar turns which led to the main gate in Jericho. Perhaps 
he was able to bag a crust of bread or two at some familiar stops along the way. Arriving at the gate, he took his place with the regular beggars, where he drew his greasy cloak tied around him because though it was spring, it took the sun to dispel the chill. So the second point, he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. Okay, now we looked at the fact that he's blind. When you are blind, the other four senses that you have become heightened. His hearing becomes heightened. Blind people do not see, but their ears can pick up sounds that we don't always hear. And he used his mouth, he began to shout. I want you to catch that. Suddenly Bartimaeus tensed and lifted his head for his sensitive ears heard the hubbub of a great crowd approaching. First came young boys running before the crowd with shrill cries, then more people came, hurrying past the gate, talking excitedly. And Bartimaeus, brushed by a row, reached out and asked, what is going on? The passerby, pulling his robe away, called back, Jesus of Nazareth, the one who heals the lame and lepers and blind, the one some are saying is the Messiah, is passing by. Ah, it's probably too far. He's not going to hear me. Ah, he's probably too busy. He's not going to listen to me. Oh, Jesus has bigger problems than to worry about my little situation. Maybe that's the way we think. Everyone had been talking about this man's exploits and words, and Bartimaeus had perhaps even heard a first-person testimony from someone who had heard Jesus and had even seen Jesus' miracles. And Bartimaeus had been doing a lot of thinking, and now he made up his mind. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. We do a lot of thinking. Yeah, but if I do this, she's going to say that. And if she says that, I'm going to do this. It's time to make up your mind, church. It's time to make up your mind. If you're blind or if you're a beggar, it's time to make up your mind. So I'm going to ask you tonight, are you content to stay where you're at? Wow, that was pretty good. Sometimes I don't get an answer and I have to ask again. But I'm going to try it again because my notes say they're going to say it real loud. Are you content to stay where you're at? So we realize then this story that the Apostle Mark wrote about is there for us in the 21st century. So don't let somebody tell you the Bible's not contemporary. The Bible's outdated. I don't think it is. It has a lot to do with us today. This must be the Messiah, and now he's coming. So his heart began to pound, and he was trembling. And though the warm sun was beating upon him, he's trembling, but he's nervous. First, he was pitifully aware of his condition. I want you to do that. I want you to be aware of where you're at but not to camp there, but be aware of where you could be in Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. You know, success is not measured by what you've done. Success is measured by what you could have done. Okay, well, I made $100,000, but what could you have made? Well, I led five people to Christ. Well, how many could you have led to Christ? So he made up his mind. Second, Bartimaeus displayed penetrating insight into the person of Christ. He kept repeating to everyone's distress, 
Watch this, Jesus, son of David, a blatantly messianic title. Jesus had not told them he was going to the cross. Bartimaeus didn't know Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem when he's passing through Jericho, but a blind man heard and calls out, Jesus, son of David. You read the scripture, you see he wasn't called that prior to this by anyone because he hadn't yet died on the cross and risen from the dead. How did Bartimaeus know that? That's why Mark wrote it in his gospel. He yelled out, Jesus, son of David. Now here's what he does. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet. That's the third thing. We said a blind person's other senses become very acute. So he heard, and then he spoke, and now he gets up to his feet. And he came to Jesus. Do all of you see that? He came to, I said, do all of you see that? Okay, I'm gonna get excited here. He came to Jesus. Do all of you see that? That's what we need to do. Talking about Jesus, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I know, you gotta get up and come to Jesus. Somebody give God a hand of praise. But the important thing here, and Mark records it, he threw his cloak aside. That's not just there to fill up space. What was that cloak? Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus had not yet gotten to his feet. Perhaps it was impossible in the press of the throng, yet he was making himself heard. He was crying pitifully, chanting at the top of, at the top of his lungs, he was desperate. He was frantic. Anyone here ever been frantic? Anyone here ever been desperate? Anyone here ever needed Jesus to do something like now? Maybe four of you. Anybody here ever needed Jesus? Yes, we have. That's why we came. That's why we can remember why we came. That's why you can't forget why you came. He hasn't lost his power. Somebody shout and give him a hand of praise. He's still the son of God. And the people around him surely tried to shush him. Bartimaeus, you're making a scene. It's like in the middle of a service, you can't take it anymore. You know the Holy Spirit's calling you and you just get up to come forward to get the power of Christ in you and the ushers and people around you say, hey, sit down. I don't think so. You know, you stick that little booty out. Uh-uh, I ain't going down. I'm going all the way here. They said, shut up, beggar. How many know when you want to get close to God, there's people that have to remind you what? I remember you, drug addict. Shut up, beggar. I remember you, prostitute. They don't let you forget what you were before you came to Christ. No one knows anybody like that, but there's people like that that maybe they're in your family. Anyway, move on. So no way was blind Bartimaeus going to be shut up. Son of David, have mercy on me, quiet beggar. Son of David, have mercy on me. Will somebody shut him up? Son of David, have mercy on me. If you don't stop, you're gonna need some mercy. How come those people are always around? They always want to stop when something good needs to happen. Again, here it is again. Throwing his cloak aside. Say that with me. 
He jumped to his feet. He came to Jesus. The instant Bartimaeus heard the commands, he stopped his bawling, threw off his moth-eaten cloak, an extreme gesture for a blind man who would normally keep his cloak where he could touch it, jumped to his feet and stumbled with the help of others to Jesus. When you're a beggar, you have a cloak. That's all you have. It signified that he was a beggar. He sat on it during the day. He covered himself with it at night. He never let go of that cloak because it brought him comfort. Where have you been going for comfort? Somebody say, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. What do you go back to when you need comfort if you're not going to church? What do you revert back to? What do you resort to when you need comfort? And don't tell me you don't need comfort. Looking at some of you tonight like, (laughs) even I have needed comfort. And even I know now, Jesus is that comfort that I need. And I thank God I need it because I'm going to come to him. You know, men, men can hurt their arm. And maybe it's dangling like this. And the wife will say, go to the doctor. And they never do. It isn't until the whole arm's dangling or it's all swollen. You know, I think I better go to the doctor. Duh. Women go, I'm going to the doctor. I got a fever. (laughs) Women will go to the doctor. Men, ah, they wait till you have to drive them or the ambulance comes to pick them up. What brings you comfort? When do you come? So, throwing his cloak aside, the instant Bartimaeus heard the commands, he stopped his bawling. And I'm asking you this tonight. Lean forward and listen. Lean forward. Listen. (laughs) What are you hanging on to that you need to discard? What are you hanging on to that God has been waiting for you to get rid of? Do I need to go down the list? Because I'm not going to do it because you're going to say, well, he didn't mention my problem. (laughs) Second question. What are you blind to that you need God to open your eyes so you can see? Given the importance of Jesus, the disciples in the crowd consider a socially marginalized blind man like Bartimaeus to be a disruption. And while the crowd instantly rebuked him, the ostensibly disruptive blind beggar sees that he needs Jesus, and Jesus welcomes him. This changes the momentum. So that some in the crowd urged Bartimaeus with a threefold encouraging command. Despite the fact that Jesus faces imminent humiliation and suffering in Jerusalem. And I said he was going through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. But the people don't know he's going there to die on the cross. He still pauses in order to help a marginalized person. What's happened to our culture is we only give attention to the pretty people to the people with NILs, name, image, likeness, like Olivia Dunn at LSU. Somebody who we see on TikTok or Twitter or on YouTube. We don't really pay attention to people who look destitute and shabby or poor or like they don't have too much. But let somebody come in that's 
an athlete or a, a star or a vocalist. Everybody wants their autograph. Everybody wants to be around them. But here's Jesus, the Son of God, and he hears someone saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, and he stops. The Son of God stops, and he turns to the voice, and he says, bring him here. Bring that person to me. Oh, now everybody's on board, <laughs> right? Get up, Pastor Mike's calling for you. Get up, go up there, it's Pastor Mike calling you. And maybe it should be that way, but it's not always that way when you come to Jesus. Coming to Jesus sometimes can be a lonely thing. It's no one knows, no one sees. It's just you and the Holy Spirit. You've been crying all night. It's in the darkness of your room. You can't take it anymore. You need a change. What do you got to leave behind? What are you blind to? What has Satan blinded you to that you're not aware of? And coming to Jesus, no one's going to know about it. My six-year-old grandson, two weeks ago, he said to me these words, just exactly as I'm going to say them. Grandpa? And I go, yeah. I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. He knows I'm a pastor as much as he can understand about that, but he's looking at me for a response. I mustered the biggest smile I could. <laughs> and I held his little face in my hands and I said, you have no idea how happy you just made Grandpa. That's what we call each other, Grandpa. He goes, hi, Grandpa, and I go, hi, Grandpa. We just call each other Grandpa. He said those words. I have made Jesus my personal Lord and Savior, at six years old, at six years old. If I got excited, the Bible says that when just one of you come to Christ, they throw a party. Yeah, man, we need a party. <laughs> they make noise. The angels get excited, and I, this is not in scripture, I'm just telling you this. It's the way my mind thinks. The angels go, I just lost. Why? I put down money. That one wasn't going to come to Christ. Not her. Not him. And here they come. Jesus, I love you. <laughs> pay up, brother. Pay up. How many people are betting that we wouldn't come? How many people are betting, oh, yeah, 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 I know. You got saved, but you're not going to stay a Christian because we know you. And God doesn't do that to us. Okay, he threw his cloak aside. And he comes to Jesus, and Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Man, that's like carte blanche. Name it. What would you say? One, at first I'd probably be blabbing. But now that I've been maturing as a Christian, I'm not there yet, but maturing as a Christian, I'd probably give it some thought. What do you do when Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Because if you don't know, why are you yelling for me? But I don't think I'm far from the truth when I realize that you do know. You do know what you need. 
And Jesus asks you, you do know what to say. We'll make that boyfriend love me. That's, that's not going to happen. Well, God, let me win the lotto. That's not going to happen. Come on. What do you need? We're talking about the Son of God. Now, hear the exchange. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Our Lord made Bartimaeus articulate his desire so he could strengthen the man's faith. Bartimaeus knew exactly what he wanted. Here's the point. If we knew our needs as well as he knew his needs, the blessings would follow. And Jesus says, go, your faith has healed you. Your faith in me has healed you. That's what's happening. Way to go, church. When you, you come to Jesus, you come in faith, not in fear, not in doubt, not in anticipation. Well, I hope he does something. You come in faith. You know he's the son of God. You know what he can do. You know who he is. Come on, somebody praise him. You know his power. What do you want from me? What do you want me to do? Well, what do you want? Uh, just make my marriage better. That's it? Why don't we start with you? Just make me better. Make me kinder. Instead of, well, change her. Why don't you say, Lord, change me? If we knew our needs as well, I just said that, but I'm going to repeat it. What blessings would follow? Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. He kept following Jesus. The Bible through the Gospel of Mark doesn't tell us whether Bartimaeus was there at the crucifixion, but he kept following Jesus. From being a blind beggar to no longer being blind and no longer begging, but when he threw that cloak aside, and took that step in the direction of Jesus, he wasn't going back to get that coat. He wasn't going back. Is somebody getting this? He wasn't going back. Come on, are you getting this? He let it go. He let it go. And how many times have you heard, let it go? No, I can't. I can't. You don't understand. It's personal. Let it go. He threw it aside. That means... He already knew I'm not going to be begging anymore. I'm not going to need this cloak. I'm going to be a better person, a different person, a stronger person, a smarter person. I'm going to become a child of God. I don't need that anymore. And I'm asking you tonight, church, it's like as a little child goes to sleep with their little cuddly teddy bear. It's time to let it go. It's time to grow up. It's time to say, I'm not letting him talk to me like that anymore. Did you catch that? I'm not letting him mistreat me anymore. No, I'm not letting you pull my hair and slap me on my face anymore. This has to stop. You're letting it go and your eyes are open. And sometimes when your eyes are open, you begin to see things differently. So not only did Bartimaeus need Jesus to heal him, Bartimaeus knew he needed to change. That took faith. A blind man getting up, throwing the cloak aside, and crying out to Jesus, and then when God asks him, what do you want? I want to see. I didn't look up the word see 
in the Greek, I didn't look up what the commentators said about being able to see. I'm just aware that some of you have been blind for a long time as to who Jesus really is and what he can do for you. Sometimes you put more faith in the speaker than you do in the one the speaker's speaking about. Sometimes you put more faith in the way you think a miracle should happen. But when you come to Jesus, it's time to become a man. It's time to become a woman. It's time to stop hanging around with that crowd or doing those kinds of things. Those are a thing of the past. Do you know I wouldn't have doubted if another beggar grabbed his cloak. But once he jumped to his feet, he wasn't gonna be sitting there begging anymore. I'm offering you the opportunity tonight. Stop begging. Stop it. Start walking. Get up. Come to this altar right now and tell Jesus what you want him to do. Come on. his work I truly believe that there's a movement in here right now so we need to be still and let God do what he's doing he's not finished yet sometimes that's the problem we're looking for a quick fix and we expect things to happen like a a microwave. I came to the altar, I sang a song, I'm done, God's good. But that's not how it works. When God is working, He's working. And when we sense His presence, we need to be able to let God be God and let the Holy Spirit have the reign and the time for the healing, for the hope. You see, it's not so much for God because God's already done what he's going to do for each and every one of us. It's more so for us to take the time to understand, to experience, and to enjoy his presence because he's here. Amen? He's here. If you're here at the altar, will you stand with me just for one moment? Whatever it is that you brought up here to the altar, your cloak, your disbelief, your anger, your anxiety, leave it here. You don't need it anymore. When you have Christ in your life, you don't need to hang on to those things that may have brought you here. It might have been a conduit for you to get here, but you don't need it anymore. What you need is Jesus, and you need to empty yourself and your life and your heart so that there's room enough for Jesus to be in your life and in your heart 
for God to do what he needs to do with you and for you. You see, God is a God that will never do anything to you, but he will do a lot through you because each and every one of us is connected to somebody, some way, somehow. And when we get saved and when we get healed and when we accept Christ and we allow him to truly have reign in our heart and in our spirit, it's infectious and it affects everything that we do and everyone around us. So whatever it is that you brought up here, leave it here, let it go, and you go and be in with Christ. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you that I am going to call what is not as it is. I am no longer angry. I am free. I am no longer in pain. I am healed. I am no longer lonely. I have a friend in Jesus. My anger, my anxiety, my needs are all taken care of by your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my personal Lord and Savior. No more and no longer do I need the things of the world. I am free to be in Jesus and I am free to set forth your name in my life. Thank you for your peace, your hope. Thank you for developing my faith. I leave here at the altar all the things that will hinder me from living as a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 and amen, and amen. Let it go. Say that with me. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let it go. May the Lord be with you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you peace and may he give you hope. God bless you. Good night and we'll see you next week.